Yeah.
worship you today, Lord. You're higher than our circumstance. You're higher than our need. We know today we can trust you that you are faithful. So today we worship you. We hold nothing back.
Isis and Fresh again this morning, Lord. Isis, can you put this in Isis? Your words into our lives, into our hearts this morning. Hallelujah. You all happy to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on, are you alive this morning? Come on, just lift your hands this morning. Lord, we stand.
that Jesus Christ came into their lives. That's the story about Jesus. He just didn't repair the store. And over the last period of, I guess, 20 years, there's been a great restoration there. And now you see the, the very one that was handed away is now standing Dedicate the rest of your lives to serving the Lord and building His house. Friends, God doesn't just bring healing, God brings restoration. Friends, it doesn't always happen overnight. You know, it's been a 20 year journey. But every day it's a demonstration of the grace and the mercy of God. There's people spiritually dead, spiritually. Just find your seats. It's great to see you here this morning. We're so glad you're with us. Why don't you grab your seat? We are in school holiday times. And uh, so if you're here and you're visiting, we want to warmly welcome you. 
got some of our church family away for school holidays. But if you were here for the first or second time, we want to say welcome. We're so glad that you're with us this morning. We're so glad that you can join with us to worship Jesus. And uh, straight after the service, we do have a visitor lounge just down the back. And uh, we'd love to get to know you. We'd love to offer you a coffee or a tea. And uh, some of our leaders would love to greet you and get to know you. Fantastic. Thank you for, hey, you put on a wonderful Easter production last Sunday. It's outstanding. You and your team. Uh, actually, it's never one person that puts on something like that. So I just want to honor our team. We had uh, just an amazing array of people just involved. And, um, but there was four people that were really significantly involved. And they were Andrea. Can you stand up? Eloise. And um, where's, and where's um, Joe? Joe Donnelly. Stand up, Joe. And Nikki Lay. Where's Nikki? Wasn't explorers. But just want to thank you, ladies. What an amazing team to work with. And then everyone else. Just there were so many people involved, and it's never ever about one person, right? It's always it's always a team. We're always stronger together. It's never about one person. And so, what one of the I think the most powerful things about last week was courageous people getting up here and sharing their testimonies, sharing the realness of what where they've come from, and where Jesus Christ and only Jesus Christ has brought them to, and then seeing people give their hearts to Jesus. Some ministry coming up. She said, "Dad, you better uh, better get your preaching here. Just you know, give you a bit of a give you a few practice runs." I'm like, "Whoa, she's pretty good." <laughs> and uh, so, just really encouraging the program. It was uh, amazing what God is doing in their lives right now. Um, just people from all around New Zealand and around the country and from around the world are just recognizing the gift of what God and uh, what He's done in their journey. So, encourage you. Awesome. Hey, here at Bay City, we love to celebrate. And uh, so if you've had a birthday this week, put your hand up. Where is Joe Bird? It's her birthday today. Joe Bird. The lady in the white jacket. Make sure you say happy birthday to her. Who else has had a birthday this week? Chris, happy birthday. Wonderful. Keep your hand up. Whether you are a regular attender or you're a visitor, you're welcome and we want to celebrate with you. So you had a birthday, lift your hand. What about wedding anniversaries? There's another one over here. Birthday. Wedding anniversaries. I owe. How many years? Five years. Congratulations to you and Bookie. Ethan, your mama. Another wedding anniversary. Did I just see one? Another wedding anniversary down the back. Wonderful. One year, is it? Congratulations. Wonderful. Is there anyone else here? We'd love to celebrate with you. Fantastic. Wedding anniversary. Wonderful. How many years? 14 years. Congratulations. That's awesome. Thank you. 
Fantastic, some great things coming up, I mean. Uh, really want to encourage you with Apostle Mel Donato. He, he's going to be one of the most powerful men that I've, I've ever met in my lifetime. And uh, such an amazing man. And uh, doing an amazing work in Florida and, and around the world. And uh, often you come here, really want to come to Auckland, really want to come to Auckland Bay, really bless this nation. And uh, this is a man
Awesome. Hey, and just a quick reminder too, if you're part of our First Connections team or you're joining the team, then uh, 15 minutes after the service, we'll be meeting in the guest lounge starting here about quarter to 12. So it'd be good to see you, just get up the stairs. But just a very quick meeting. Awesome. Jo. This is Jo, and she's, uh, so she is the director of the preschool, and her and her husband, Brent, put some high heels on. speaking to, to us on three different occasions, and children's hearts were ready to receive God. They were so open to hearing about Him. We had um, altar calls and children just lining up to come and receive prayer and receive Holy Spirit. We had children on camp that you've sponsored who have no church connection whatsoever, and at least one of those young kids gave their life to Jesus. And I don't know all the other things that Jesus has done. There was another young girl who was also not church at all and sat in the meeting and just had tears that she couldn't explain why. She just felt, this is strange. But God moved. And so it was just an amazing time. We, of course, had heaps of fun. This tree was the one that fell over and it became a bit of a piñata. It lost all its leaves over the course of the camp and, and kids whacked it and climbed all over it. It was just amazing. And so really, I'll stand up here today just to say, okay, said the word stronger together. We did this. We did this. You stood behind us and you believed God for great things and God has moved. And we've seen some of it now. You know, God does immeasurably more than what we can ask or believe. There's still stuff that we can't even imagine that's going to result from that camp. Things that are in the hearts of children. And so I really want to stand here just to say thank you so much. People prayed for us. People gave financially. People gave um, things to donate and sell to help us raise funds. And it was a huge success. In the natural, the kids had a ball. And in the spirit, the heavens are rejoicing today. And that's just amazing. Thank you, Jesus. encourage you today uh, to invest in your
is still exploring that journey right now. Yeah, just still working some things out. Funny enough, he's been helping here with the sound. We're trying to upgrade their sound system. But Aiden has been absolutely everywhere in this place. He's been, up, he's been under the stage and just been volunteering his time just to help uh, uh, just in the practical areas. He's also been working with our worship team and music team. He's a great songwriter and just a great man of God. And Aiden, we just thank you for being here today. We thank you for having your wife here and your family and uh, love to hear, hear what God has placed in your heart this morning. Come on, let's welcome Aiden this morning. Two, am I coming through? Well, it is great to be here. Thank you so much for having us. I really want to honor Pastor David Cates. Just, we have been on a journey, and uh, when we arrived, we, we never planned on, on just getting involved with you guys, but from the first time we've met them, we've just been welcomed, and honestly, we feel pastored by them, so much so that we're calling meetings with them, just ask them to speak into our lives, help us adjust things. So we've really appreciated you guys, appreciated your time and your willingness to open up to us, and uh, really excited to share this morning. You are a great church. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I'm going to move this to the side for a second. Do you really believe that you're a great church? That's good, because you are. We've really enjoyed being a part of everything that you're doing, and it's been fun for us. But I picked up on a few words since I've got you. The first more phrase than words is, is this, moving forward. Anyone heard that recently? Moving forward, I love that. This church is moving forward. That's your theme for the year, right? Moving forward. I love that. Another word I've picked up on is this word acceleration. Heard that word recently? Not only are you a church that's moving forward, you're doing it quite quickly. You're accelerating into the plans and purposes God has for you. Anyone noticed any change recently? Now, change is never comfortable. I, I'm the, the first one to say I don't really like change all the time. But things are changing so quickly. It's such an exhilarating place to be and time to be a part of this beautiful church. And some of you are, are maybe a little bit hesitant to clap for that because maybe you're not enjoying the changes just yet. But I'd like to say that this church is going to amazing places in God's presence, amazing places into the nations. I'm speaking life now because I can see it. And these changes that you're making now, in the next little while, you're going to look back and think, wow, look what God did through those changes. Look how God has positioned us for the inheritance that he has for us, not only in Hawke's Bay, but not only in New Zealand, but in the nations of the world. Another word I've heard is the word empowered. Heard that recently. Can you see I've been hanging around with Pastor Dave? Empowered. How to live empowered rather than living disempowered. How to make decisions based on who God is, not based on what our situation says, right? A church that's moving forward very quickly, empowered into the plans and purposes of God, I would rather be nowhere else. Or I, I, there was no place I would rather be than here right now while you are on this journey. We as a family have moved forward. So that's where the church is going, but here's the question. Personally today, are you moving forward? Oh, I, I set you up there, didn't I? Are you personally moving forward? See, I've been involved in church ministry for a while, and I've seen that a church generates a beautiful and amazing corporate momentum or corporate faith. And if you're coming on Sundays, by default, you're going to move forward, by default. But the picture I had while praying for you was of this beautiful sailing ship 
And there were some people on the sailing ship getting caught in the rigging and doing all the things that you do on a sailing ship. I've never been on one, so I don't know, but it looks really cool in movies. But then there were other people holding onto ropes, dragging behind, still moving forward, but not moving forward comfortably and not moving forward in the stream of God's wind and presence. Now, how do we move forward? I'm glad you asked the question. Thanks for asking that question. I'd like to look at Psalms chapter 16. And I I wonder if you can turn there. Because you may be here this this morning and you say, I have faith in God, I'm a believer, I love God, but I don't feel like I'm moving forward. Just imagine how much more this church would accelerate if every single one of us was personally moving forward, living by faith more and more every single day and confidence in God every single day. So my question is, how do we move forward? And I'd like to look at Psalm chapter 16, which is a song of faith and confidence in God. And I'd like to look a bit at David's life and how he moved forward and see how we can move forward. You see, no one here, I would say, who doesn't feel like they're moving forward says, I want to stay where I am. I would imagine that if you're not moving forward this morning, if you're not feeling empowered, if you're not feeling confident or faith-filled right now, I would imagine that you want to be, but you maybe just don't know how. Or maybe something happened in life where you used to be filled with faith, you used to be confident in God, you used to be powering forward, but something happened, and now you seem to be just going around the mountain. Love God passionately, serving Him. You have a relationship with Him, but you're just saying, I just can't move forward right now. And I'm the one holding onto the rope and drag behind while this church moves forward. Let's turn to Psalm chapter 16. As I said, this is an expression of faith, a psalm and a song of trust. And I'd like to read this psalm to us this morning. Then we might only get further through the first couple of verses or so. But let's read it. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. As for the saints who are in the land, they are the glorious ones in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those will increase who run after the other gods. I will not pour out their libations of blood or take up their names on my lips. Lord, you have assigned me my portion and my cup. You have made my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my heart instructs me. I've set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure because you will not abandon me to the grave. Nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. What a psalm. It's one of my favorite ones, and I'd like just to go through that in detail right now. And use it to show how we move forward. Lord, I pray that right now you would speak through me right now. I pray that your word would be heard. Anything that is not of your word would be forgotten. But Lord Jesus, would you strengthen, would you encourage, and would you guide with your word, I pray. And make it come alive. Amen. So David prays, keep me safe, O God. Sounds like maybe he was having a bad day. Keep me safe, O God. Well, we read a little later in that psalm that he says, you will not let me see decay. You will not let me go to the grave, basically. So we can deduce from this psalm that David is in a tough time. Perhaps his life is on the line. There were times in David's life where his life was on the line. There were many people who tried to kill him, but God sustained him. But I wonder if he wrote this in one of those moments where things weren't going so well. But it wasn't like he was just having a bad day. 
It was like really his life was on the line. Keep me safe, oh God. If we want to move forward, if we want to be empowered, we need to look at how David prays. We learn a really challenging lesson. This is a prayer. And we read it and it says, keep me safe, O God. And then for the rest of the psalm, he just begins to overflow with who God is, with what God has done for him. He begins to, he doesn't even say, mention what his situation is. Now, this is challenging for me because when I start praying, normally I've got a list of my prayer list, right? And I come to God and I, and I bring him that list. At the moment, we're waiting on a visa. So every time I come to God, it's like, Lord, thank you for this beautiful day. How's about that visa? Lord, I just pray for my family right now. How's about that visa, Lord? Lord, I just pray. Lord, what about that visa? And it's so easy right now to just get caught up into praying for one thing, the situation that's right in front of me. Yet David, when he's in a potentially life-threatening situation, says, God, keep me safe. And then begins to boast in who God is. Our prayer life will reveal where our faith and confidence is. And that's a challenge to me. Because when I pray, I'm showing that my faith and confidence is not in myself. That I'm running to the one and turning to the one who is able to save me. Who is able to lead me and to guide me. Keep me safe, O oh God. Not only how he prays, but what he prays is very important. Keep me safe. Let's look at how he prays for a moment more. Have you ever heard of something called the power of praise? It's a nice alliteration, power of praise. Basically, it works like this. The world will teach you. That every now and again, there will be a mountain that you need to overcome. But you need to do it on your own. You're an island. You don't need anyone's help. And you will be celebrated if you overcome that mountain on yourself, by yourself. I've heard that in New Zealand culture, a culture of independence is quite common. That you want to do things on your own. And you're celebrated if you do it on your own. But here's the truth. Life will throw you some things sometimes that you cannot get through on your own. And the world teaches us to look inward. And we find that we can't maybe overcome it. And maybe some of you here this morning, you're waiting for breakthrough, but you just keep going around and around the same mountain. You can't overcome. See, the power of praise, and this is what David teaches us. He doesn't even mention his situation. Is this. He says, it teaches us to look up. The more we look at our situation, the more we look at what's happening in our lives, whether it's negative or whatever it is, the more and bigger it becomes, the bigger the mountain becomes. The power of praise teaches us to look up, to fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. David prays, and he praises when things are going right. And as we lift our eyes, as we begin to remind ourselves of who God is, remind ourselves of what God has done in our lives, faith is born in our hearts. Hope is born in our hearts. You know, the mountain won't disappear. Maybe it will. I'm not saying that you praise God and your mountain disappears. I'm saying this. When you praise God, you get heavenly perspective. You declare who he is, what he's done. You remind your soul what he's done for you already. And as you do that, you rise on wings like eagles, and you realize that with God, you can overcome. With God, all things are possible. With God, you no longer need to go around that mountain, but you can break camp and advance, move forward, empowered, accelerating into the plans he has for you. This is a challenge. How's your prayer life doing? How's your faith and confidence doing? Let me use an analogy to, to maybe show how we move forward with faith and confidence. Ever noticed one of those super sport, uh, super sportsmen, those really good athletes that are really, maybe your all-black rugby team, really good. Maybe your cricket team, really good as well. But have you ever noticed that every player will have a dip in form every now and again? 
Have you ever seen a player lose confidence? It's like on paper they're the best in the world, but suddenly something's happened. Maybe they got injured. Maybe they lost a game they shouldn't have lost. And all of a sudden they're questioning their ability. All of a sudden on the field they drop the ball. They make silly mistakes. They blame the ref. And it's just not fun to watch. Ever seen that? They're like phantom superstars, shells of their former glory because they've lost confidence. I wonder how many of us are like that. A knock has come in life. Something's happened. Something that life has thrown at us or maybe something that we didn't expect to happen and we've lost confidence in ourselves and more importantly, we've lost confidence in God. We begin to go through this game called life and we hate it. We begin to point fingers at the coach who is God. We've lost our faith and we've lost our confidence. How do we get it back? David says, our praise helps us move forward. But what else does he say? I'd like to give us four key things. Now, there are many more that will help us move forward. But from this passage, four key things that help us advance, help us move forward, help us live empowered lives. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. The first thing is this. If we want to move forward, if we want to advance, then we need to be like David and have God as our refuge. What does it mean to have God as your refuge? Well, a refuge is a place that you run. A refuge is a, is a place that you run and hide. Maybe you're going through some stuff at work at the moment. What is the first place you go as you get home from work? What do you do? You drive in through the gate, you open the door, and then what do you do? If it's tough at work, that's maybe a clear indication of maybe what your refuge is. I'm going to be vulnerable and honest with you guys. I go first place. The first place I go is to the fridge. I am a comfort eater. I don't know where I get it from, but I am a comfort eater. There is one thing I love more than anything else to eat. I'm a simple man, and that is a peanut butter and honey sandwich. God bless that hand, I see. When I'm feeling down, there is nothing that picks me up like a peanut butter and honey sandwich. I can have it breakfast, lunch, supper, and pudding. Multiple times a day. Especially when I'm feeling down. In actual fact, you can see how tough the month has been by the amount of how the honey's going down. But you see, the problem with that as a refuge is I don't get wiser, I just get wider. Another place I love to run is to the television. I love watching TV series. Anyone love watching a series out there? My wife and I are busy watching The Walking Dead at the moment. It's about zombies, the end of the world. It's just amazing. You think your life's bad. Wait till you see what they're going through. And I love to escape what I'm going through in my reality and immerse myself in the reality of zombies and the walking dead and all the rest. But the problem is, at three o'clock in the morning when I've watched four episodes and I just want to put another episode in, my eyes are blurry, I'm drooling out the side of my mouth and I've got to wake up for work the next morning. The problem hasn't disappeared. See, we're having some fun here, but each and every one of us has a place where we hide. And I'd like to ask the question, is the place that you're hiding an eternal refuge or is it a temporary refuge? So the Bible tells us he, God has placed eternity in our hearts. And what that means is when sin entered the world through Adam and Eve, that eternal life that was supposed to be happening was we were separated from that source, from that relationship with God. But now we move on through life and we still have eternity in our hearts, but we're separated from that eternity. So this is the gospel this morning. God says, I see you're in a tight spot. I see you're in a mess and I see you can't do anything to solve it. Your sin has separated you from me. But I want that relationship with you. And I've placed eternity in your heart, the place that I want to hold you together. So he steps into the very creation that he breathed to be and spoke into being. 
carried the sin and shame that we should have carried and died the death that we should have died on the cross so that we could be reunited with him. And that eternal uh, problem could be eternally satisfied. See, an eternal problem needs an eternal solution. And in life, we just fill it with temporary things and we're not satisfied. We'll get to that in a moment. You see, your refuge. I love how David didn't just preach that God was his refuge. He actually lived it. In 1 Samuel chapter 30, we read about David and his mighty men, these warriors who rallied around David and fought by his side and fought for him and fought with him. And they returned back from a battle only to find that another enemy has taken off their family, taken their possessions, taken their children. And the very same people who loved David and fought for David wanted to stone him. Let's get serious for a moment. Have you ever been stoned? Not with rocks. Real rocks, not the other ones. This is just not going well. They're about to stone him. They want to take his life. And what does it say? 1 Samuel 30 verse 6 says this. But David found strength in the Lord his God. I don't know what that looked like. Maybe David just shrugged him off, grabbed his harp, ran outside and began to sing and praise. Maybe he just pushed him past, plugged in his iPod and listened to his favorite sermon. Maybe he just went for a prayer walk. But he strengthened himself in the Lord because he knew that the Lord was his refuge. And he could hide in the Lord, and the Lord would protect him. And in that place, the Lord would speak to him. And the end of that story is that he rises with wisdom from heaven. They go and take everything back. They did not lose a thing. If we want to move forward, the Lord needs to be our refuge. Where do you hide? See, I can move forward and advance in life. When the Lord is my refuge, because I know that no matter what happens and no matter how many times I get knocked down, I can run to my refuge and he can speak to me and he can heal me and he can put me back together. Even though it may feel like a thousand million broken pieces all the time, he'll put me back together if he's my refuge. Where are we running? If we want to move forward, let's run to the refuge, the only one who can save. Keep me safe, O God, for in you I take refuge. Verse 2, I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. Now, what is going on there? I said to the Lord, you are my Lord. All right, so we've got two Lords there. The one Lord is in capital, the Lord, and the other one isn't. So what's happening there is David is saying, I say to the Lord, and whenever you see the Lord in capitals, that's the word Yahweh. That's God's personal name that he reveals to his people. Uh, it's best described in the encounter where Moses sees God in the burning bush. He hears this voice out of the burning bush, and, and this voice says to him, go and set my people free, lead them out of slavery, out of bondage, out of Egypt, into the promised land. And Moses said, who am I going to say has sent me? And out of the bush, the words come, tell them, I am has sent you. And Yahweh, uh, the best translation for it is I am, and that's God's personal name. All throughout history, he revealed himself with different names to his people, but those were titles. In this moment, he revealed, I am God. I am who I am. I am all I need to be, and I'm all that you need me to be, Yahweh. And David says, God, Yahweh. Yahweh was his people's God. Yahweh was his nation's God. Yahweh was his family's God. But he, that wasn't enough for him. He says, Yahweh, you are my Lord, which is a title, Adonai. A title which means you are my God, you are my master, you are my sovereign. God who is the God of my family, God who is the God of my people, the God of my culture, you alone are my Lord. It's easy to have Jesus as a savior. 
Whenever we're in a tight fix, Jesus saves me. And you know what? He reaches down and he saves. Why? Because he is the perfect savior. But having Jesus as Lord is another, another thing completely. The Bible says that if you confess that Jesus is Lord, master, king, ruler, sovereign, and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Salvation has to do with Savior and Lord. I wonder if half the time or, or I wonder if most of the time could we say that we're crying out for Jesus to save us is because we haven't settled that he is Lord in our lives. Maybe we ask him to save us from situations right now that if he was Lord in our lives, we wouldn't have gotten to in the first place. Maybe some of us are here right now experiencing that. And that's not a nice thing for me to preach. I'd rather have you shouting back hallelujahs and amens all day at me, making me feel good. But the truth is, if Jesus is not Lord at all, he is not, sorry, if he is not Lord, he is not Lord at all in your life. He needs to be Lord of all. And we go through life and we, we try to take things back, I suppose. But he says, I need to be Lord. And Jesus knew this. Sorry, David knew that he was his Lord, that he was his sovereign. And this makes sense when you read the second part of this verse. It says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. So David is saying, if we want to move forward, we need to have God as our refuge. God as our Lord, our master, and our sovereign. David here now says, apart from you, I have no good thing. He's saying that if we want to move forward, live empowered lives, that God needs to be our greatest treasure. Is he your refuge? Is he your Lord? And is he your greatest treasure? Now, the Lord and the greatest treasure line up. And I want to show you how. It's a biblical theme that you see all through Scripture. And this is this. When he is Lord, I am satisfied. I'm going to say that again. When he is Lord, I am satisfied. What do I mean by that? Well, David says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord, you are my master. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Because you are my Lord, apart from you, I have no good thing. Now, he had a wife, he had maybe a few wives, he had some children. Everything was, he had some great things. But what is he saying? Is that not worth anything to me? No, he was using hyperbole. He was using exaggeration to say, compared to everything I have, God, you are the good thing in my life. You are my greatest treasure. How is this repeated in Scripture? Well, let's turn over a few pages to Psalm chapter 23. When he is Lord, I am satisfied. Psalm 23 goes, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. We live in a, in a world today that constantly in every medium, no matter where you go, the world is throwing at you through advertising potential wants that you have to have in order to keep up with the Joneses. In order to be satisfied, you need this. In order to be satisfied, you need this. And you slave away to get that iPhone only to realize that the amount of time or the, when you finally get the cash to get that iPhone, three months later, they bring out a better one. And you're like, oh, iPhone 5. You struggle away to get the big TV that everyone wants. It's amazing. And then all of a sudden, they bring out one that's even bigger. And your friend gets it. Now, nobody wants to come watch the rugby at your house. They want to go to your friends now. There goes your social life. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Is your life right now do it honest audit. Don't raise your hand. Don't worry. The Lord can see. Right now, as you sit there, is your life determined by what you want? By a whole bunch of wants that are flooding at you every day and that you're signing up for? See, the Bible says when the Lord is our shepherd, we have no want. And if you're filled with a lot of wants at the moment, perhaps the Lord is not your shepherd. You see, when he is Lord, I am satisfied. 
1 Peter, we read that he has given us everything we need for life and godliness. We must remember we're coming to the perfect father. The perfect father who gives us everything we need, not necessarily everything we want. You have everything you need right here, right now to do what God has called you to do. You have everything you need. He won't necessarily give you everything you want. It's like my son coming to me and saying, Dad, I want a Ferrari. He's three. And I really want to give him one. It's not that I can't afford a Ferrari. It's just that he's three, so I'm not going to give him one. Why? Imagine a three-year-old driving a Ferrari. It would just, me as a fallen human dad, I'm like, I'm not going to hurt my son that way. And some of the times we come to God and all these things that we potentially want on our prayer list. And God says, I've given you everything you need, and I will give you everything you need for life and for godliness. The Lord is my shepherd. When he is Lord, I am satisfied. When I settle that he is sovereign in my life, I am satisfied. And I no longer need to sing like Bono. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Are you satisfied this morning? Are you satisfied truly? I'm going to be vulnerable with you guys. My wife and I, we needed a breakthrough in in some aspect of our family. And uh, I was bringing this breakthrough to the Lord constantly. And I was praying about it. I was praising about it and nothing was changing. And I found myself in church the one day and I was singing that song, Christ is enough. I'm not sure if you know it. It goes, Christ is enough for me. Christ is enough for me. Everything I need is in you. Everything I need. Know the song? My hands are raised. I'm singing, Christ is enough. And in that moment, I'm saying, okay, God, you got to break through. God, this thing, and it was a good thing to pray for. God, you've got to break through. God, you've got to break through. You're enough for me, but God, you've got to break through. And this whisper from heaven comes and says, Aiden, if your situation never changed, would it still be enough for you? And in that moment, I settled and I was like, Lord, you are more than enough for me. My situation never changes. I don't care. As long as I have you and you are my greatest treasure, that's all I need. I went home that night satisfied. The situation didn't change, but I was satisfied. Interestingly enough, the very next week, the situation changed. Now, I know what you guys are going to do. You're going to go home and sing, Christ is enough for me. Yeah, I can see it. I pray it works for you. I pray it does. I really do. But my perfect father needed me to understand something. It was not all about what I wanted but what I needed, and more than that breakthrough, I needed to know that he was my greatest treasure. You see, when he is Lord, I am satisfied. Are you satisfied? Only he can satisfy you if you are not satisfied. If we want to move forward, we need God as our refuge. We want, if we want to move forward, we need him as our Lord. We need him as our greatest treasure. In verse 11, he says, you have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. The truth is, pleasure and satisfaction comes from God. Some of you have been lied to by the devil, and and he wants you to think that when you come to God, he's this giant killjoy with this massive stick saying, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, I'm going to sort you out. And God says, pleasure comes from me. I designed it. When I'm Lord, and you submit to my authority and my sovereignty in your life, you will be satisfied. No matter the situation, you will be satisfied. The next thing we need, if we are to move forward, and we read this in verse 7, it says, I will praise the Lord who counsels me, even at night my heart instructs me. The fourth thing for us to move forward is we need to have the Lord as our counselor. 
love this verse. Ever made a dumb decision? Ever made a succession or a series of dumb decisions? You might be here saying, oh, that's me. Like even this week, I made a dumb decision. You know, we need never, ever have to make a dumb decision ever again. I mean, retrospection is great. It's like, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. Oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. But this tells me that the Lord, the God of the heavens, who breathed the stars to be and calls them each by name, the one who put you together in your mother's womb before they were even thinking about thought, says that he wants to talk to you. See, when I look at religions in the world, I've yet to find a religion or another God who gets involved in my life. All other religions, it's like this ladder that you've got to climb up. You've got to keep him happy. You've got to do what he says. And, and hopefully if you do it right, you climb up the ladder. And hopefully one day you can maybe get to him or a state of holiness. But what happens with the ladder is you climb, you climb and climb, and you make a mistake, and you're right at the bottom of the ladder again. But in Jesus, we see one who throws the ladder away and comes down at our level. And says, I want to talk to you. I want to meet with you. I want to have a relationship with you. See, we need never make a dumb decision ever again, and it's possible, because God is our counselor. He wants to speak to us, and if we would listen, that's my there's the challenge, if we would listen. Is there hope for you? Yes, there is hope, as long as there is a heart beating in your chest, as long as there is oxygen in your lungs, there is hope that God can change your situation. He wants to counsel you. I love it. He says, even at night, my heart instructs me. What does that mean? Well, the nighttime is a picture of difficult circumstances in our lives. Even when it's going tough, God's like, I'm right here. Even though I might feel far away, I'm closer than your breath, closer than your heartbeat, closer than your skin. Right now, I wanted to whisper my plan and purpose to you. Will you listen? The nighttime is also, you know, when you just before you go to bed. God's like, not only do I want to speak to you all through the day, but just before you close your eyes, I want to whisper my love and my love song over your life, my plan and purpose over your life? What other God speaks to his people? What other God builds his people up? Truly, like David says, we have a delightful inheritance. I just want to, so those are the four things. If we want to move forward, we want to advance, we want to power forward in this life, we need the Lord as our refuge, we need him as our Lord and sovereign, we need him as our greatest treasure, and we need him as our counselor. And all of those he makes available to us right here, right now, as we put our faith in Jesus. But I'd like to read another verse in here that, that may encourage some of you this morning. It says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. David says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. The right hand is a picture of strength. David is saying that no matter what happens, God is at my right hand, he's, he's a position of strength in my life. A few years ago, I was held up at knife point with my family. We were in the center of our town doing some shopping. And uh, while I was packing the car away, my daughter Starla, she was two and a half at the time, she was right by my side. This man came out of nowhere and whipped out a samurai sword. In actual fact, it was a really small knife, I found out afterwards. But in the moment, it felt like the samurai sword. It was, whoa! And he said to me, your phone and your wallet or your life. I mean, if I was alone, I would have taken that guy. I would have been pretty cut up, but I would have sorted him out. At least that's what it's going through my head. But. In that moment, my daughter was this far away from that blade. You know what I thought? <laughs> you can have everything. But the first thing I did is I grabbed my daughter and I pulled her close. And as I did that, after I was thinking about that whole thing, the first thing I did, without, I wasn't even thinking, I just grabbed her close. 
In life, that's what God wants to do to you and me. In those situations that are so terrifying and the guy just ended up running away and I've got a great story of God's protection and God's provision and it's really awesome, a great testimony. But more than that, my daughter has a testimony that she doesn't even know anything happened. She has no negative memory embedded in her mind of fear because nothing happened. Because her father pulled her close. But if Starla wasn't close to me, how would I have been able to pull her close? Now we know God is everywhere, but this talks about relational proximity. Sometimes I'm fighting with my wife, we're in the same bed, but we're worlds apart. And sometimes when she's fighting with me too. Relational proximity. I have set the Lord always before me. How do you set the Lord? Well, I set the Lord always before me by studying His Word and spending time in His presence. I set the Lord before me by meeting with people like Pastor Dave and Kate, who love the Lord passionately and who I can learn from and invite them to speak into my life. Because I have set the Lord. And you know, I wonder in this life, but every time I wonder, I need to set the Lord always before me. And I will not be shaken. The promise of God over our lives this morning is that we will not be shaken. Are you being shaken at the moment? Come close, she says. Come close to me. And I want to put that all close our eyes. I'd like to end with some prayer and invite the band up. Now, while all eyes are closed and heads are bowed up, I'm just going to ask you to respond if you need to respond this morning. And this is the first prayer. If you've not yet put your faith in God, if you've not said, Jesus, be my Lord, be my Savior, I put my faith in you. I want to follow you. I want to believe in you. If you've never done that this morning, while all eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I'd love to pray with you. I'm going to ask you to stick your hand in the air, and that's all I'm going to ask you to do. And then I'm going to pray with you. Anyone here who needs to put their life right with God, they need to put their faith in Jesus this morning. If that's you, raise your hand. I'd love to pray with you. Is there anyone? There's another hand. There's another hand in the front. You're not responding to me, you're responding to God, but I just need another one for you. Anyone else? There's a hand in the back. I'd like to add to that. And if you might say, well, actually, I'm far from God. I, I, I've loved Him and I've served Him passionately before, but this morning I need to come back to Him. That proximity thing you were talking about, I'm God sees your heart. God sees your heart. He's right here, right now, close to you. Your heart reaches for the right time. Put your hand down once you've got it. I want to put you on this with your loved one right here. You might say a simple prayer. It's not a prayer that saves you, but God, here's your heart close to you. Lord Jesus. plan is to make